podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Nick. And this is... Who Got got the Assist? Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so it's uh, getting close to the opening weekend and the first deadline of the season. FPR managers are frantically tinkering like operatives on a starship and uh, we're no different, no different at all. Uh, so Nick, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Tom. I actually visited a psychic the other day. Well, more to the point, I was catching a psychic Pokemon and <laughs> she told me, well, you, you don't want to hear about that. You're here to hear us talk about FPL. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, uh, we are uh, Who Got The Assist. Uh, you can find us online at whogottheassist.com and follow us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL. So on this pod, uh, our, our fifth pod now, Nick, and um, we're going to be looking at kind of what's changed since the last pod, both in terms of our teams, in terms of enforced changes and elective changes, so changes that we wanted to make, um, and in the context of kind of what's affected FPL generally in terms of the news, in terms of players. And, and then we're going to look through the, uh, the features again, just to explain kind of how things have uh, to be updated. And finally, we'll round off with some questions from, uh, from Reddit and Twitter. Congratulations also to Padful for correctly identifying the theme, which was Block Party. He's 2-0 uh, up against everyone else at the moment. This week, there's another theme. So whoever gets it first gets the points and the gold star. So we're getting one fast approaching. I've got to say, I've got a bad feeling about this. So I've never started the season strongly. And I often resort to my first wild card within, what, five or six weeks. Uh, what about you, Nick? Is that the same for you? Yeah, every season. I always have an absolutely shocking game week one. I remember last year was really bad. The year before was horrendous. And it's probably going to be the same this year. Well, hopefully not, because we want to be feeling positive next pod. But... We do, we do. I mean, this is our first time, I think, of ever... Well, it is our first time of being publicly exposed. Not, not in a weird way, <laughs> um, but in terms of, like, I'm having dreams of both getting in above 60 on game week one and also getting 20 on game week one. And the derision which comes with that second dream is something which really upsets me. <laughs> and so let's, uh, let's get right into it, then, Nick. And uh, since the last pod, we are tinkering, as I've said. And I think there are a couple of kind of different sorts of changes which are being made. I think the first sort, which is something we should talk about pretty quickly, is the enforced changes uh, that have been made to our squad. So we both had, for example, Trippier. Who have you replaced him with, Nick? Have you replaced him? Well, yeah, I've had to replace Trippier, obviously. He got injured... Um... So I've actually, I've stuck with Tottenham and I've, uh, I've got my man in, Ben Davis. Oh, okay. you love him, don't you? There must yeah, be. I had friend. to. I spoke about Ben Davis a little bit. Helped me, um, you know, win manager of the month, essentially, in our mini league by get, scoring the most points. Helped me get the uh, top score of the season as well with his last minute assist. Yeah. So I've stuck with, uh, you know, my man from last season. I brought him in. I thought, you know, we've looked at Danny Rose and he's um, still injured at the moment. He's, um, he's meant to be back, actually, at the end of the month, which is um, a little bit of a concern, I guess. But Ben Davis is starting, so I've, I've gone with Ben Davis. What else has changed uh, due to enforced reasons? Has anything changed uh, from that perspective? Well, yeah, the other change I've had to make is Coutinho's left my team, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite sad about this. But supposedly he's got a back injury, whether that's true or not. Yeah, has a sore back. <laughs> More to the point, I think it's all the stories linking with to Barcelona. Supposedly he might be going for up to £100 million. 
Um, I think this is unsettling the player. I've gone for like for like again, Tom. I've swapped in um, Coutinho for Mo Salah, who we've talked about a little bit. And I think you've got him too, haven't you? I do have him. I mean, uh, he's just one of one of those, I think. I mean, we did the Red Roulette, didn't we, uh, article this week and had our kind of our roulette board creative for the infographic. And in pre-season, Salah has been forming quite a good bromance with Phil Coutinho. Um, yeah, yeah, he was. I think he was a top scorer on the on the tour, wasn't he? So you've been forced to um, get rid of a trip here as well, haven't you, Tom? Yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, uh, Dawson's been reinstated. I had him in my initial team um, after launch day. Um, I mean, four goals each season for West Brom. I mean, he's uh, outperforming McCauley on the ICT. Um, decent fixtures as well uh, for West Brom from the off. I mean, you've Bournemouth, Burnley, Stoke, Brighton and West Ham. I mean, I want West Brom cover, um, but I've taken old Yeller uh, in terms of Foster behind the bike sheds and shot him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somebody's got to save my skin and at the end of the day. Uh, I don't know, looking at the saves as well. I mean, this moving into the elective a bit now. So the enforced change was Dawson. The elective is because I don't want Dawson and Foster in my side. I don't want to double up in West Brom anymore. And it looks like also that the West Brom clean sheet machine is a bit of a myth. Um, I've gone for Joe Hart um, at the moment, but with 4.5 keepers, it's all about the saves. It's all about that extra one or two points embellishing your team. That's why you're not paying the 5.5 for David De Gea. That's why you're paying a 4.5 because you, at the end of the day, you kind of just think, you know, I want to fire him to get goalkeeper. I'm not going to do the rotation. Um, yeah, I think we've got a few bad memories with Joe Hart, though, haven't we? Of course, with his uh, sticking his tongue out when he's <laughs> playing for England and not saving penalties and getting the ball roll under yeah, his arm. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, but, you know, it sounds like you've got a new hope in, in Joe Hart and you, you've got rid of Foster. I've kept Foster. I've also looked at Begovic. I've also looked at Dawson. I've been talking about perhaps a swap of um, getting rid of Ake and Foster and bringing in Begovic and Dawson. But I think the issue is if I get rid of um, those players, Foster will no doubt he'll save a penalty. Ake will probably score. I'll just be like yeah. you know, tearing my hair out essentially when, when, when it happens. So I just, I, just, I just can't do it. I just can't make the change. I mean, there are so many players who are shifting in and shifting out of our sides, Nick. And... Um, in the same way, you know, I've um, my other elective change has been because I've removed Trippier and put Dawson in. I've got 0.5. Um, You've got removed... a bit of extra cash now, haven't you, to spend? Yeah, and I removed um, J-Rod as well. Um, it looked like when I was doing the hashtag NyomWatch research that he wasn't playing as advanced as um, I was hoping. I was hoping he'd back up behind Solomon Rondon. It's not looking that way. It's looking like he's a little bit more kind of withdrawn. Looks like he's he's potentially a flank option for Pulis. So I put Tammy Abraham in. I mean, scoring on in pre-season, twenty-three goals for Bristol City last season, mid-table Bristol City in the Championship. That's nothing. That's not. That's not to be sniffed at. I don't think so. Five point five, the lowest priced kind of striker. Might as well just go bargain basement for that pump. So I have one million floating around. Either I stick it in the bank. Or I invest it. I watched the, commun- uh, the Community Shield and so did you, Nick, and it looked like Fabregas was really withdrawn, who was my choice last pod. I was looking at Alonso and I was looking at Fabregas, and Alonso was spending a lot of the time actually further ahead. And he's a defender at 7.0, and Fabregas is a midfielder at 7.0. 
So you, you pick the defender that's getting more forward, surely. And then um, we looked at William as well. And William, he was he was doing more crosses. He wasn't really getting in. I think he got into the box and nearly gave nearly won a penalty. But apart from that, he didn't do too much going forward. Pedro was the man looking like a big threat. And so I understand why you've gone for him. So I think what's quite interesting about Pedro is last season he scored nine goals. I mean, that's much better than William's um, best record, which was eight goals last season, where he got three assists as well. And even the season where everyone talks about how William was like the star, basically. He, and that was the season before he was the player of the year for Chelsea. He got 10 assists, but he only got five goals. That's uh, less than Alonso got this season. So he, he never really offers too much attacking threats, to be honest. And I think Pedro does offer a lot more than William. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, William just seems a creative guy. I mean, he's no Eden Hazard, is he, um, at the end of the day? I mean, the Chelsea players were giving the ball to him. He looks like a creative outlet. Um, and if you do have William for game week one, I mean, they beat uh, Burnley 3-0 last year in game week three at home. So it's not the case that it's going to be a tough game, probably. Willian doesn't seem to have the same direct threat as Pedro. 3.4% owned as well. I mean, it could be one of those nice little Goldilocks zone punts. Definitely. I think it's quite important to have um, Chelsea coverage, but only one player, perhaps. No, I don't think... We wouldn't recommend doubling up at this moment in time because they're... Performance wasn't too impressive in the uh, charity or charmunity shield, as we've been describing. <laughs> um, um, you've still got Kolasinac, haven't you? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, it's not the case of it's the return of the gunner. It's it, it, He's always been there. He looked like someone who, A, solved our problem in terms of aerial profile. And once he was on, uh, obviously, their beanpole went off injured. But once he was on, he definitely added a sense of kind of aerial presence for us. Downside of that, could be that he gets played in centre-back uh, as part of the back three. Yeah, I think that there is that risk, obviously, because Monreal, he's essentially a left-back who's been um, playing centre-back. And without the likes of Mertesacker, without the likes of Koscielny, without the likes of Mustafi, um, Klasinac could be called into the centre to be one of the uh, you know tall, tall the forces in the uh, in the back, so uh, yeah. uh, Monreal maybe shuttled off on, onto the wing. So there is that risk, but I think I don't have uh, Kolasinac, and I have looked at him. But then I think the risk of bringing in a player like Kolasinac it just makes our teams too similar to him. Because I mean, we talked about it a little bit the the idea of convergence and uh, our teams matching too much. And I think you've looked at Alonso and Zaha as well, but you haven't wanted to bring them in really because you want to kind of make some differences between our teams, but. I think that I think that just happens when you talk to the same person, you know, very often. Your teams just tend to <laughs> a little bit. We're looking at the same data, essentially, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. And working together because, and, and you know, at the end of the day, um, we're going to have to have some players who are different, just because in terms of our mini league and just because you know, in terms of recording our results, we are going to. If we both are cheering for the same players, it doesn't make it interesting. I mean, one thing I was looking at, I mean, I've got Klasinac and I, I find your lack of faith disturbing about Klasinac, to be honest. I was looking for PVA um, and looking at maybe bringing him in to cover your Zaha pick. I might well still do that, but I am worried about Friday night and sitting there and Klasinac doing something. That's, that's fair enough. I mean, I, I thought you might pick PVA, to be honest, because he's one of those players, isn't he? He spends a lot of the season getting zeros and minus ones every so often, but he, he does rock up with the occasional 15 points. You know, he's a goal-scoring defender. We all, we all love a goal-scoring defender, and PVA is 
is he's not the best defender in the world by any stretch, but he's he's a, a defender that gets into the box and scores goals. And I thought, you know, with that Huddersfield game at home opening the season, that you, you might give him a punt if you weren't going to go for Zaha. But of course, you, you can't rotate your, two, your team too much because this is a risk. If you make last-minute changes, you, you're not going to be able to watch that Arsenal-Leicester game, <laughs> watching Kolasinac bomb forward, you know, getting on the end of crosses. You'll just be like tearing your hair out if he does something. I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. Because if PVA does something against Huddersfield and you know, assists Zahara, or Zahara assists an amazing goal by him, and in Frank de Boer's formation, he looks like he's... Um, you know, being played as an actual wing back, I, I just don't know. Uh, there's only there's only so much you can do at this point. It, it is guesswork and conjecture to some extent. Looking at a bit of preseason data, but I mean, with the yeah, with the Charmunity Shield, I mean, I noted we we're basically like wolves, aren't we? Like hungry wolves who had a first scrap of meat, and we're making a lot of. Um, conclusions based off that I could do PVA I'm, I'm still tempted by PVA in, uh, in for Trippier as my pick and just getting rid of Dawson and getting Foster back in that could perceivably happen if there's another injury or you know some you know last minute disaster happens to one of the teams I'm not I'm not going to be changing mine up I don't think to be honest um, I'm sticking with who I've got in there and uh, yeah I'm pretty settled so I've still got Foster and Elliot in goal I've still got Cedric, and this is another one where it kind of depends if he's ready or not. So I'll be watching the news outlets closely to confirm that. I've also still got Ake and Alonso, but I've switched out Trippier for Ben Davis, and I've still got a 4.0 as well. And then in midfield, I've still got Saha and KDB. I've swapped Coutinho for Salah, and I've got Nathan Chalabar and Tom Carroll. On the bench, and up front, I've got Kane, Kaku, and J Rod. And at the moment, Harry Kane is my captain. Oh, you're you're just mad! I, I always forget that you've got Kane captain. I just assume that you've got Kaku. Uh, follow the herd, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, so I'm on uh, on Joe Hart uh, in goal. Um, the more I say it, the more it just sounds patiently ridiculous. But I've got Joe Hart in goal for now, um, with Elliot as well alongside him. I've got. Kolasinac, Bertie, I've got Dawson, um, Sutner in the 4.0. Uh, Sutner, of course, being the Brighton new signing, he looked very decent. In midfield, um, KDB, Fraser, Salah, la 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 la. Uh, Pedro, uh, both Pedro and uh, my 4.5, which is also Tom Carroll. And up top, I've got Kane, I've got Kaku with the armband, and then I've got Tammy Abraham. Um, Right, so that's our teams. That's how we've gone since the last pod. Um, a big caveat is those teams, for me at least, by the sounds of it, are not going to stay. Well, yeah. I can't guarantee that that will be my team, um, but we'll post them on Friday afternoon uh, as late as we can, probably, to allow me to do some last-minute tinkering. Well, uh, same for Nick as well, of course. But um, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to make sure that we've got a team up and we've got some sort of... Um, something on our blog to say that this is what we're going with this week. Okay, Nick, um, should we go to a break now? And then in a minute, we'll talk about our pod features a little bit more. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Right, Nick. So last week we spoke about the, uh, the anti messer team, the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
Well, I mean, they might uh, they might be one of those teams which you know we spoke about the fact that they walk in the darkness, so they, they're on the dark side. They aren't the players people are looking for, but and these are the players who um, we said last week below ten percent ownership, not in the template as such. They're not going to be in the teams that we see on RMTs and see in teams on uh, on Twitter and on, on, on FFS, but equally it constitutes players who are overlooked. Um, we're going to be running this just to see, you know, all those players that you aren't going to bring in. Let's see how well they do. Let's make a team out of them. For more rules, see that see our um, our post online. So um, our anti Messi team this week did have Messi Ozil. Looks to be doubtful for game week one. So we've removed him for Mkhitaryan, who uh, Nick and I both actually quite like as a Manchester United asset. <laughs> but at the same time probably won't make it into either of our teams. Um, we're running this, te- this Dark Tiders team all year, um, but at the moment that team looks like being Edison in goal uh, with Ryan on the bench, uh, Bainesy, uh, Nick's man, Bavis. Probably Mawson will start. On the bench we have Maguire and Hagazi. Um, in midfield we've got David Silva. Instead of Bernardo Silva, we've gone for David because Bernardo was on the bench. Uh, Cesc Fabregas, Genie uh, Wijnaldum and Mkhitaryan and with Ryan Fraser, uh, one of my men on the bench and then up front will be Kun Aguero, who at less than 10 ownership is the captain and uh, Gabbiadini and then Vardy uh, up top. However, Kun Aguero at the time of recording is 9.9% owned. Ooh, he's ticking over, he might, he might just go over. He is, I mean he's one of those players who is unbelievably in the dark side as team. So it could be that Josh King, Nick, gets the start. Yeah, that'd be exciting. Finally <laughs> catch up one of our teams. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, we'll be doing that all season and uh, we'll be updating you about how we, how they're doing relative to our own sides and you know, having a, t- a table output. So the, other, the next thing, I guess, I mean, it's not going to kick off um, until the deadline on Friday. Nick, it's the, it's, yeah. it's, it's the stock market. Stock market. Um, obviously, the market hasn't opened yet. We're waiting for that bell to ring. But <laughs> but I've got a few um, interesting tidbits uh, to keep you all occupied prior to opening. And um, so I've decided to have a little bit of a, a Tottenham theme uh, to uh, the stock oh, market this week. No one wants uh, yeah, that. As a Spurs fan, of course, you know, they're of interest to myself. But... Um, I'd like to start in, in defence, actually, and I've covered these players a little bit already, but obviously Trippier is uh, injured at the moment, but his ownership is still at 12.6%. On the other side, we've got Ben Davis, not a popular pick, sitting at 2.4%. So if Ben Davis does well in week one, we're going to see a lot of people investing in this guy but meanwhile, Trippier isn't meant to be starting. So we're going to see Trippier start to fall in value because people who have him, who haven't bothered to look at their team at this moment in time, will start selling him when they realise that he's not actually ready to play. So yeah. we'll see that ownership of 12.6%. It's probably going to drop a little bit more before the week, before game week one starts. But we're going to see that ownership drop and we're likely to see some fall in value for Trippier. So... I mean, that, that bandwagon was completely derailed, wasn't it? I mean, it last, last, last yeah. pub, we said 20% own Trippier. More than one in five own Trippier. Exactly. And we're going to see that fall a lot because people will be looking at the teams on Friday, realising Trippier is not going to play. He's going to drop even more. But because he was such a popular pick at the beginning, there's not 
gonna there's gonna be some people that don't bother to look or forget to look at it until yeah. the especially with the Friday night kickoff. I'd like to say as well because there's a lot of people that look at their teams on a Saturday morning and they or late on a Friday and they're gonna miss that early kickoff that we've got this year. So we'll still see a high ownership of Trippier at the beginning of the season. And we're likely, it might be that he dropped, by the time he's fit, he drops to 5.3 and will be an absolute steal. Elsewhere, keeping with the Spurs theme, I'd like to talk about uh, Messrs. Ericsson and Ali. Yeah. So with these guys, you know, we've talked about them quite a bit. They're obviously very different players, but in terms of actual points potential, there's not much difference in them. Obviously, Ali scores a lot more goals, but Ericsson, he's creating the chances and he's getting the bonus points because of it which means that their scores are quite similar. But their ownership is very different. Ali's a much more popular pick. Ali sits at 37.7% ownership, whilst Ericsson sits at 14.5% ownership. Wow. So that is a huge difference. So it is a difference, yeah. We're going to see price rises. It's, it's probably going to be coming Ericsson's way because of Ali's already high ownership. Well, so Ericsson may be the one... If you're looking at ownership stats, yeah. Ericsson may be the one to invest in. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with those two, and we looked at them, didn't we, uh, way back on pod two, and those are the guys who, I mean, the difference is is that Ericsson gets the creative kind of uh, BPS. He's the guy who gets the bonus. He's the guy who creates chances, which um, the bonus system obviously likes a lot. He had 30 bonus last season compared to Ali. I think he got the 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 17, 17, sorry. What could be interesting is if Ericsson very, very quickly gets that assist, gets those kind of two or three bonus by through the ball retention, through the key passes. Ali Blanks, I mean, Ali, the reason people have got him, presumably, is because of the high ceiling, because he can score a goal and suddenly you've got, you know, 10, 11, 12 points from your midfield asset. But equally, if he blanks, Ericsson is, in Ericsson gets a bonus, he could be rising. So, yeah, and um, I'd like to look at one last Spurs player, and this is my differential punt for you. And that's a, a, a young man called um, Harry Winks. Harry Winks. So he's he's 5.0. Oh, but his wow. ownership is 0.1%. Yeah. Likely to start because uh, Victor Wanyama is actually injured. So there's rumours that he might even start. He only scored a goal and an assist last season, but that was only with five games. And he was actually getting into the team until injury derailed his season. And he also has scored in pre-season. So he's definitely one to watch for next year. Very young player, but a young player with a lot of potential. And he may be another option um, above those 4.5 midfielders. So the one we're going for at the moment, obviously, is Tom Carroll. He's um, risen since our last pod, uh, predictably, as he's actually scored a hat-trick of assists. He's now at 5.3%. Oh, my. Yeah, and... uh, Rubus Loftus cheat though he's still the um, the highly owned fifth mid. He's at thirteen point five percent. Oh my lord! Like, it, 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 beggars be- right, it, beggars, it beggars belief, doesn't it? Knowing what, like, just looking at the uncertainty about him. So he has dropped as well. Yeah, I, th- I think so. People looking at likes of Carroll, but yeah, we're seeing people coming back to the game now and finding, you know, doing a lot of tinkering. But at the it, same it time. might also be that more um, more casuals are. 
signing up to be honest because you know like maybe you know he might he's not really a casual pick is he like you've seen teams with um Kante in for instance as a the 5.05 midfielder and we, we'd yeah, never yeah. recommend this guy but a lot of people who don't necessarily know too much about um football and you know actually go on the forums and websites like a row might bring him in thinking oh he's 5.0 and he was actually player of the season last year so you know that might be another reason for Ruben Loftus-Cheek's fall yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, fi- but finally, um, yeah. So West West Brom, and this this is a good segue for us, Tom, because I looked at the West Brom defenders as well. And if you want a differential, Alan Nom, he's <laughs> he's only zero point three percent. Now we wouldn't recommend him over the other defenders, but you know, zero point three percent, he he might be your differential. And if he does well, we'll see price rises from <laughs> Mr. Nom. So uh, he only got two assists last season, but you never know, he might. I think this is a good time to segue into Nyom Watch. I mean, uh, as we said last pod, we are watching Alan Nyom closely, legally closely uh, this year, and uh, you know, getting ourselves involved with all things Nyom. Uh, we we saw the five point zero. Nick coined the phrase that you know all of these players, you know Eric Peters, etc., etc., have gone the way of Alan Nyom. Darren Fletcher as well, gone the way of Alan Nyom overpriced by 0.5 so we've resolved to to follow Alan Yom's every move just to see if he's worth it basically I mean we, we've, we've added him on on Twitter if you know he, has, him, he hasn't accepted yet though has no he? he hasn't he hasn't why is he not following us he's got protected tweets it's because of the likes of us talking about him online <laughs> exactly his fan club would be so huge if he had if he opened up his Twitter but I mean the goal is to get him to use Neon Watch we've already we've already kind of wished him good luck and given him the hashtag in the last West Brom game um but you know We'll be doing Nyon Watch all season, or at least until he basically stops playing and we've got to get do someone else. But, Nick, there's a further instalment. I've been watching Alan. I've been involved in his life. All things Nyon have washed over me. And um, he actually started against Deportivo La Coruña in my last, uh, my last pre-season friendly. He started. He got yellow cards in, uh, in the 64th minute. He was taken off in the 67th minute. But, crucially, Alan Yom got a clean sheet because the two goals that Deportivo La Coruña scored came after he was taken off. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Nyom watch. Exciting time. So, clean sheet for <laughs> Alan Yom. Brilliant. I think he might make his way into the anti-meta team. Um, the final thing, I guess, Nick, that we didn't quite talk about last week, so I think we ran out of time to some extent, is the, uh, is the WAG pick. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we wrote an article um, online about luck. And um, obviously, in FPL, we always experience a lot of luck. Um, Nick, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I disagree with you there, because... Not often you're finding with the red roulettes that we discussed as well. It's, there's a lot of luck as to which Liverpool asset is going to score, and you can you can try and experiment and swap out Firmino and bring in um, Coutinho, and it can blow up in your face because that's the week that Firmino scores. And it's the same. You've seen the same with Hazard and um, Sanchez previously as well. Yeah. So um, we're we're trying to monitor um, luck in our own way. And this is um, through something called the WAG pick. And my wife, Nicola, and Tom's girlfriend, Sarah, know nothing about football. They don't follow football in the slightest. 
in essence, we, we're very lucky that they're happy to put up with us, um, <laughs> you know, talking about football on the spot so much and running a football website, essentially. But so we are we are the lucky ones. But we're just going to try and measure um, luck in FPL this season by getting them to pick a captain each week. And then we're going to compare it against our own captains to see um, who scores higher at the end of the season. Uh, so I, I gave um, Nicola three choices this week out of uh, Kane, Lukaku and KDB. So she, went, she went for um, KDB. So a bit of a differential pick, I think. But anyway, I think, it's, I think it's time for another break. Right. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So let's take some community questions. Thanks very much for taking the time, guys, who wrote one. Um, if we don't get to you today, we'll uh, get back to you across uh, Reddit or uh, Twitter as soon as we can. Um, so the first question this week is from Insignia Yellow on Reddit. Um, what's the exchange rate for points to TV, uh, team value, that is? As in, would you spend minus four points to get a 0.1 rise? Um, Oh, he also gives an example of Deli Ali in, in the opposite situation if, if a player's falling. Uh, what do you think, Nick? Is there, is there some sort of exchange rate? Like, is, is that viable to spend four to cover a 0.1 uh, rise? Which well, I always try and avoid hits where I can, but sometimes I think you've got to take hits in order to uh, bring a player in that you want. If, if you don't take that hit, then um, you won't be able to get in later on. And, you know, like premium asset like Deli Ali can easily triple rise in one game week, especially if he scores a couple of goals and gets an assist and some bonus points. So I wouldn't necessarily say there's an ex- exchange rate. Points are what you're playing for at the end of the day. Price rises are all well and good, but you know, points is the most important currency in the game. Um, would, would you agree, Tom? Or what yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I've, I'm sure I've fallen for it in the past, where I've kind of thought, in the sort of Deli Ali situation where I've kind of thought, you know what, this guy could rise 0.2, 0.3. I mean, it, the, the, goal, the best situation is obviously if they rise 0.2 and you've got them in before they've risen at all. And so, like, but I, I'm sure I've fallen for, the, fallen for it in the past. So, you know, in the rush and you know, all the herds is saying, hey, you've got to get this guy in, you've got to get this guy in. He's rising, oh, he's rising. And, um, yeah, I think the one, the one thing I always fall prey to is if there's a minus four for a player who's about to rise and I can get rid of an asset who's about to fall and I'm thinking this is the only time I can get this guy, this is the only time I can, uh, I can make this switch, that can sometimes compel me to making the change. That's kind of what, what, what happened with Charlie Austin in the, the Austin rule we spoke about last week. Um, so the next question, Nick, is uh, from TWES6, also on, the, on Reddit. Um, what's the best keeper combo? Is it premium uh, and forget the others, so DDG and you know like My Hill or Elliot, or is it best to rotate two four point fives? And I think um, we've spoken about this at length, but I think some sort of middle ground for us is that you have one four point five who plays a four point zero who you almost always bench. Except this year we've got maybe have the luxury of having Elliot. And there's some suggestions about Spironi might be starting too for Crystal Palace. Um, but at least we've got Elliot who starts at 4.0 and I think we might as well have him in. But play the 4.5 is what we say and have 4.0 on the bench. Yeah, I mean, there are rumours at the moment of um, Newcastle looking for a new goalkeeper, which does make us slightly concerned about Elliot. But it does look like he's going to start game week one and then we can always review the situation because I think we'll end up early wildcarding anyway. So... At the moment, we're going for something slightly different, which is 4.5. 
starting goalkeeper and a 4.0 bench goalkeeper. But only spending 8.5 on goalies frees up so much more cash. So that's that's our approach. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, a couple of linked questions. Uh, the first is from Sabil on Twitter. Uh, what's the best defence for the first five weeks? And kind of linked to that, Aidan Gilroy, are people overlooking Valencia? Uh, 6.5 of course so I, I guess kind of what's the best defence for the first five weeks? what team's got the best defence for the first five weeks I should say and are we overlooking Valencia well I think um, if you look at the fixtures Southampton have some great fixtures in the first five game weeks they've got Swansea uh, West Ham both at home then they've got Huddersfield away Watford at home Crystal Palace away so I think having a Southampton defender Southampton were quite impressive in defence last season as well is looking like it might be essential. Um, Man U as well. So obviously, our people overlooking Valencia. Man U have some great opening fixtures. They've got West Ham at home, Swansea away, Leicester at home, Stoke away, and then Everton at home. So, you know, it's quite a decent run of fixtures. But in regards to Valencia, I'm not sure because a lot of people brought him in at the end of the season. Um, I think the thing is with Valencia, last last season he got 120 points uh, one goal, three assists. And I think the thing with him is that you kind of wonder whether he's going to be worth that 6.5. And 120 points, isn't that encouraging? I, I know that he's got good fixtures, but that's compared to the likes of Alonso on 177 points. I mean, obviously he was being rotated a little bit for the UEL. Um, but at the same time, I, I just wonder if Mourinho is suddenly going to end up having a really attacking side. For 6.5, yeah, you're going to get a bit more creativity, but you are bringing in Valencia, I guess, for the clean sheets to boost him and hoping for an assist. Yeah, and 6.5 is a lot to um, to spend on a defender. I mean, I've talked previously about Alonso. Obviously, he's the most premium defender of them all. But 6.5, you've also got James Milner. If he was on penalties, he'd be a great shout. You've got Kyle Walker. And I'd probably say Kyle Walker may be even a better choice to get in over Antonio Valencia. Because Kyle Walker's the same price, but... He's definitely nailed on. He's going to start every game. Manchester City have spent so much on the defence that you're likely to see a lot of clean sheets coming their way, unlike last year. And he also got six assists last year. So he does have um, that attacking potential that he does offer. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, you've got... Um, I, th- I think the between the two, that's, that's pretty good. I, mean, I, I think you either go for Alonso or you don't go above six. And if you go go to six, you go for Klasenach. If you don't go for Klasenach, going for any player of 5.5 of the likes of uh, Bertram, the likes of PVA and formerly the likes of Trippier, sitting around that level. And finally, FPL Wildcards on Twitter... Away the lads uh, asks us, is it best to spend all your cash from the beginning, so invest all 100 million, or is it okay to have some in the bank? Well, I would say you should spend all your money that you've got because it's all well and good having a bit of extra money in the bank to make your um, game week one transfers if required. But if you've got a premium asset who you want to get rid of who's not performing for another premium asset, just to sell that other premium asset. I think if you've got kind of, if you're planning for a move, in game week two or planning a move in game week three and thinking oh I need to keep this amount or I think the temptation is always there to spend 100 million if you've got 1 million in the bank that's cool and you've got a team that you're happy with that's cool Um, but for me I think I'm always going to spend 100 million and Lukaku scored oh well um, you you better captain him man in for a hit in for a hit yeah I guess so we'll see that happening next week but um, thank you very much for your questions I think that's probably it We'll be around this week on Friday um, with an infog 
for our starting lineup predictions and also for our predictions for goals, assists, points, and blanks per fixture. Um, we will also be on the website this week with uh, much more content to come. And of course, next week we'll talk about how we did and how the mess team did. Keep your data with Neon Watch. And as Nick's very excited about, the market will kick off. Yeah, and if you haven't joined our league yet, our mini league this season, our code is 1538-17403. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter as well at WGTA underscore FPL. And our website is whogottheassist.com. Okay, thanks very much, everybody. And we'll uh, speak to you again next week. Hope this assisted you. Bye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Podcast Network.